devil. is guilty of the crime of apathy and greed. These crimes are not irredeemable. They are the products they are the byproducts of this country's original sin. Capitalism fueled on the sweat of slaves and immigrants consumed like so much coal in a furnace. However, the venial evils have a cure. We can change the culture, thus we can change the system. Chaotic evil is not that. A chaotic evil exists only to destroy. Its existence is born of unchecked privilege, narcissism, and megalomania. This evil is a breeder of inequity, violence, and racial terrorism. This evil cannot be reasoned with. It can only be annihilated. Down-ass members of the culture, we come not to voter shame you. Rather, we come to map out the current political landscape, draw out our battle lines, and decide where we want to fight strategize the best way to get there. So um, first off, uh, by clicking here, you know that this podcast is about Biden and Kamala. uh, Kamala, Calamity. Uh, Yes. Uh, And the reason why we're asking you here to discuss this is, can you fuck with Kamala and Joe? We fought a very good fight trying to get progressive candidates in on the ticket top and bottom. And Biden and Kamala represent uh, a failure to be able to do that. Uh, At this point, it's not really uh, fruitful to talk about how that happened. We railed on it uh, against it for about a year. And so now here we're faced with a choice um, to of what to do with our vote, of what to do with the franchise. And so we're talking to you today as fellow progressives to explain our thought process on what we are going to do with our vote and ultimately, do we fucks with Joe? So um, the first thing that we want to say is you're right. These people are horrible standard bearers for a party that is overwhelmingly accepting of progressive uh, of a progressive agenda. They've used respectability politics, which we've talked about at length here. They've used respectability politics to scare no backbone Democrats into once again voting for team status quo. And they very much are true blue team status quo. Um, yes, Kamala was a brazen pander play. Um, You know, they thought picking a black woman, and he announced his criteria. He wanted a black woman. And then 
paraded before America every black woman that would have been better <laughs> than Kamala Harris and then did what we all thought he was going to do from jump and pick Kamala Harris. And so uh, we know it was a, a way to pander to POCs. We know it was a way uh, to pander to um, the young energy of the progressive engine of this party. Thing is, they don't know us. They know we know about her. They know we know that she wasn't just a tacit bystander to the war on drugs, that she was a warrior with verb and as a as she was calculated uh, and she moved so far right in the way she did her job and it was a calculated move to be able to run for this office, okay? She used young black and brown and poor people in California as pawns for her uh, political agenda, uh, for, for her claim to power. She wanted to be able to blunt any attacks on her as a progressive, to blunt any attacks on her as a liberal. So she, proof is in the pudding, that's not where she was. She was never a progressive, never a liberal. She did all kinds of dumb stuff, which we could talk about, like trying to uh, jail parents of kids who were truants when their kids were uh, truant, as if the reason the kids weren't truant were because the parents weren't working two jobs mm. and struggling to make ends meet and struggling to make a safe and happy household. Um, you know, throwing them in jail, yeah, that'll fix it. See, see, she's she's the complete opposite of what it means or what it should mean to have Biden uh, have a black woman as his vice president. She's the opposite of all of that. And so if you were talking about defund, she's a cop. Okay? So d there's no one who wants to defund less than a cop, and she's a cop. So right away, that agenda, that... Uh, demand of ours goes right out the damn window. And if you didn't get that message by her selection, uh, I don't know what else. Uh, a billy club to the head, maybe? I don't know what else would get <laughs> you to understand what's going on here. Um, and so not only did she do that, but the horrible symbolism of going on uh, the official centrist Democrat pander talk show, the morning show. Uh, she didn't pull out hot sauce from her book bag but she did pretend she knew what snoop was about uh what did she get the years wrong she got something? the years wrong the release date and she also said tupac was the best living rapper <laughs> <laughs> and she also when asked about whether or not she had dalliances with marijuana laughed about it as children rotted in california prisons because they sold marijuana she laughed about her use of marijuana. Now, let's be clear. Marijuana has been permissive about weed forever and have been jailing young black and brown men about weed at the same damn time. Okay? The hypocrisy that's very central to the status quo centrists in the Democratic Party. So, yes, we know. We know exactly who she is. Um, and we know Uncle Joe. We know that uh, 
Uncle Joe recently uh, forgot about 40-some-odd presidents when he called Trump the first racist president in the United States of America. Uh, you know, all you have to do is look from 50 feet away. Look at a chart of all the uh, presidents of the United States, and you'll notice there's something going on here. <laughs> you can just walk through the National Portrait Gallery, and you look at him like, that dude's a racist. That's a racist. That, that's a racist. That motherfucker's a racist. <laughs> definitely a racist. Look at that racist, racist facial hair. Look at that racist <laughs> facial hair. I think this one is saying the N-word while I'm walking by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yes, uh, that's really dumb. Uh, but not just dumb, it's a pattern. It's a pattern with him. He uh, Uncle Joe white-splained voting for him over Trump. Um, and he has a long history of pandering for uh, pandering to the uh, community and then taking the African-American vote for granted. Um, we're talking about busing. We're talking about um, the war on drugs. We're talking about a long history of pandering to the black vote, and then doing not a goddamn thing for the people that voted for him. Uh, we're talking about Uncle Joe not committed to universal health care. We're talking about Uncle Joe not committing to defunding the police. These two people could not less represent the agenda that BLM and the rest of these progressive movements are about. They could not less reflect that. They could not less reflect the energy behind the Democratic Party. Um, we got that. <laughs> don't don't uh, don't get it twisted. When we talk about what we intend to do, put it in the context of the fact that we know exactly who we're talking about. So uh, even though they are just about as close to evil, if you believe in evil as the Democratic Party can muster. Um, I, I want to talk to you personally about my process uh, in voting here. And uh, so my process in, in voting here is kind of a simple one. Um, I'm a Latino. It doesn't come across too often on the show, but I'm a Latino. I'm an immigrant, uh, and I'm very close to the Latino community, all of my family's brown, uh, except me. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, and parts of my family have come to the United States uh, and have been undocumented when they came. Um, a lots of friend and f friends and family have been undocumented for various points in time. And I want to tell you, as an individual who knows and loves immigrants, documented and undocumented alike, um, that this administration has been nothing less than catastrophic uh, in their lives. It is a real, actual difference between the parties. Now, what, what we're really speaking to, the elephant in the room, is the progressives that say there isn't a difference, that Trump and Biden, there is no difference, that they're both repping status quo. Facts. Mm -hmm. They are both repping status quo. That's true. However, they are there is a difference. It's two different statuses. <laughs> right. Well, I think I think um one of the one of the big questions that 
has come up a lot while we prepared for this pod was, um, and, and I know I've been struggling with this mm-hmm. on a daily basis uh, leading up to recording this episode, is what do you do if you're a disenfranchised voter? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think sure. that, a, for a lot of our listeners, I don't think any of our listeners are actually really legitimately deciding whether or not to vote for Trump versus um, Biden and Kamala, but rather whether or not to stay home. Or vote third party. Or or vote third party. So I think the choices are um, vote status quo, don't vote at all, or vote third party, which kind of goes into the second thing. Right. So uh, what we're talking about here is what the difference between – Voting for Joe or not voting for Joe? What what are the difference between the two actions? Yeah. And so getting back into uh, my reasoning, you know, I personally there's going to be an article that uh, that we're working on for uh, Party of Color that uh, should come out soon, talking about my taking an undocumented immigrant to go fight a red light and having to sit in a parking lot, having him sit in a parking lot for me to check if the the coast is clear, so you can come in and plead guilty to a uh, to running a red light because he was afraid he was going to be deported. We're talking about that, a guy who runs a business, a guy who employs people, a guy who is a positive member of society, a guy who pays taxes, that he never receives any of the benefit of, uh, he never has been one day on unemployment, he's never been one day on, on any of these things. And um, he's never received a handout and he works really hard and that this individual has to cower and live in fear that um, their hatred, cruelty knows no bounds and even hurts their own communities. We're talking about immigrants who live in and amongst us. We're talking about people who are the engines of this economy and that they can't seek redress for people who are playing games with the economy. They can't seek redress for people who are um, doing illegal and unsafe things that hurt us too. They can't seek redress for criminals who are preying upon them as uh, as a vulnerable community. Criminals, those same criminals who will knock over your grandma without a heartbeat. But if you can't trust that a undocumented witness will show up, to make sure that that person is convicted, then you are less safe. You're less safe. This administration has made you less safe by declaring war on a community who could buy in to America. Yeah, They could buy in to keeping us safer. They could buy in to keeping our economy stronger. They could buy in to uh, all of the wonderful things that we say being in this community is about. Or... They could stay on the edges of that community, keep us less safe, keep us less prosperous. Um, and eventually, when this administration gets done with America, fucking go, because there's nothing there for uh, them here. So, yeah, like the dark like irony of that whole thing is the fact that MS-13 is much of a boogeyman, Willie Horton, that you know the Republicans made MS-13 out to be in 2016 – when Trump first ran on his anti-Central and South American agenda. He ran on the caravan. Yeah. And what you were just saying is that 
the only reason why MS-13 has what little foothold it has across America is because the rest of this immigrant population in Ecuador, El Salvador, like they can't seek redress. They can't go to they the They can't authorities. be tipsters. They, they can't testify exactly. against MS-13. They can't testify that their illegal brother, sister, cousin is missing. They can't. They're afraid. Yeah. They're so, afraid. Yeah. yeah. And so, A, let's also be clear that how the Republicans report on MS-13 is still overblown. But sure, it, it but, is a much smaller thing than it yes. uh, than it is. I mean, by and large, no one's being overrun. This caravan yes. was like old ladies and children. And and the biggest problem is that MS-13 really preys on this same group of people. Like they're not rolling into the suburbs either. They know that they can't like roll into the suburbs because they would get picked up by the police there. Mm-hmm. They know ain't no law and order coming to get to exactly. solve their. You know, little undocumented, uh, you know. So they're preying on the communities that this government and this administration specifically has has already created a system of abandonment where they can be preyed on. Abandonment, and we they wish it was just abandonment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wish it was just abandonment because it's hostility. (laughs) No, living living as an immigrant in America is not. It's not. You're not just living as a second class citizen. It's like. You're li- you're you're um people who are living um who- you're like a fifer right a fifer you're not like a twofer you're like a you're <laughs> you're African American yeah you're an immigrant I'm an immigrant I'm Haitian American you're Haitian so you speak a different language yep I speak French Creole and English you're queer right yep you're queer <laughs> and then what am I missing like woman. you got four I'm a woman she has a vagina and I you're a woman I have a vagina and you have I'm a vagina I have a vagina you're a fifer yeah so I mean listen it's like it's kind of like Mad Max when you're when you're an immigrant <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is because it's not Fury just Fury Road or uh, the racist Melly Gibsons <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no Mel Gibson Mel Gibson uh, but when you're an immigrant it's not just that you're living um, under the law. Uh, and when I say under the law, what I mean to say is that you're often a target because you're probably living in a poor neighborhood and anyone who wants to do anything to you, shit, anybody who dates you, you just have a shitty ex-girlfriend or a shitty ex-boyfriend and they can just threaten to call immigration on They'll you. They'll pull that shit out. They'll pull that shit out. You can't do anything. You can't have a custody case. You can't have kids with somebody yep. and 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 do anything. You can't piss anyone that's, off. That's what's been happening. I mean, the, the Party of Color article, when it comes out, you'll see uh, it was about when um, just recently it was stopped by a federal judge's decision. But about that time in the first two and a half years of this administration, when uh, when ICE was just rolling up on public records of when undocumented immigrants were going to go to court for totally unrelated things mm-hmm. and then arresting them outside of their custody cases, outside of all of these you know different kinds of things. So, yeah. My, my older sister, I have an older sister um, on my mother's side. I'm the lost custody of my older sister because she was undocumented. She couldn't go after her daughter. Um, if if you are undocumented, you're preyed upon by your employer. You cannot work. You have to work under the table. You have no benefits. You can be fired for any reason, which and, means that you're going to be preyed to things like sure. sexual assault. Sure. Like if you're an immigrant, you are a walking, living target of every shithole asshole and so, that's out there. And so when I ask you, 
to do what I intend to do, which is vote for Joe Biden for president of the United States. When I ask you to do that, I'm, it's a very personal plea. I'm asking you to do it for me um, because I'm an immigrant and I'm here the beneficiary of um, America when they wanted the energy of immigrants, America when they wanted the ingenuity of immigrants, uh, and they weren't hostile to it. Um, and so I'm asking you for people like me, and it's not just this flair of rhetoric. It isn't just rhetorical flair. This administration has denaturalized people who were born in the United States uh, and have birth certificates via midwives because they just don't believe that it actually happened and that these midwives faked everything. Why? Because they're Mexican. Okay? If they denaturalize them, why won't they denaturalize me? I was not born here. I never took a test. I never took the oath. My parents became citizens when I was uh, you know, still a, a preteen. And that's how I got my citizenship. But they could just decide that I didn't meet the requirements, change the requirements on me. And um, I don't know if I'm going to be doing this podcast from Medellin, Colombia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, I, for real, I'm saying that there are people in my community and people that I love that have been hurt by this and will be hurt more uh, in an administration unchained by not having to run for re-election again. And so this next administ- this next Trump administration, if it comes to be, will be unchained. It will be Stephen Miller doing every damn thing he wants to do to immigrants. If you've ever known an immigrant, if you've ever shared time with an immigrant, if you've ever loved an immigrant, uh, for all that, I'm unabashedly asking you, to vote for uh, Joe Biden because their lives will be measurably better if this administration is stopped and not allowed another four years. Yeah, you can say the lesser of two evils, but it's it's a huge gap of degrees between the two evils that we're discussing. We're talking about... It's the venial and the catastrophic, yeah, as exactly. uh, Diane at the Yeah, because, I mean, we're talking painted. about... Because people, people think, oh, lesser of two evils, is, it's such a dismissive statement. Exactly. But when, it's very reductive there, of this it's moment. It's very exactly. reductive, because uh, as a quote-unquote fiver, as, as Juan <laughs> put it, um, you don't understand what it's like to wake up every morning... No one knowing that someone somewhere is waking up as well in their bed, actively engaged in the act of hating you. Yeah. Yep. You don't know what that's like. Yeah. If you don't know what that's like to have someone somewhere be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill some queer ass niggers and stop <laughs> yeah. their abortions. And just like, this is what they're going to so do. You, you know, you're cursed before they brush their teeth. Yeah. Before yeah. they brush your teeth. There's someone out there that is actively out against you. And and that's not Kamala and Biden. Kamala and Biden are selfish. Kamala and Biden are are assholes. Kamala and Biden are going to do what they're going to do they're not for righteous. themselves. Yeah. But they don't wake up every day thinking, who actively am I going to actively like how to fuck yeah. people yeah. over? Yeah. Yeah. No, their problem is that they forgot about you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I think really like what that is is what we you said before. It's a pragmatic evil. Yeah. And that goes back to also a lack of imagination. It's and we talked about it in previous lack episode. Of lack of empathy. Lack of empathy, lack of imagination. And and so 
that whole like cent- the centrist place where they are. Um, I can also speak for it. That's where I used to be because that's also partly of how I was raised was being in a more centrist spot, and it is all about pragmatism. It's like okay, like we've been in this environment. We know that America is fundamentally racist. Big Daddy Biden is take care of you. Racist. <laughs> and so it's always been about like, popping all this? How, how much can we get away with? How, how much can we at least like meet white people at some middle point that alleviates some of the stress off of us? That's how the centrist mindset works. It's like the centrist mindset is we can't fix it all. The respectability so politics that yeah. you buried thirty five feet deep yeah. with your uh, with our uh, well, the idea- with our podcast uh, <laughs> exactly uh, the Thermidor podcast yeah and well, the- and going back to um uh, the Cotton Expo speech the the, the, the Atlanta Compromise yeah. yeah it's 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 always that it's the like Booker, the Booker yeah T. Booker T Washington but the thing about pragmatists is that <laughs> they're pragmatic so. By definition, they can be reasoned with, exactly. they can be talked to, exactly. and they, they can, can be, be scared. Yeah, and, and they, they can see where the wind is blowing. We can scare just, them, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you can scare people that are smart enough to be self-aware. Yes. They, we know that they will at least try and pander to us. Yeah. At, in, at, at the very least, to save themselves. Because yes. if our if we can somehow convince them that our issues align with their self-preservation... Yeah. Then there's the beginning of a conversation. Exactly. It's kind of like trying to play poker with rational individuals. <laughs> yeah. Because then it's a fun game. Yeah. It's a yeah. game where you can kind of anticipate the other player's moves. Yeah. And it's a game of strategy. It's, it's, yeah, you can faint, you can but you have a good time. Yeah, yeah you but spend yeah. some time, you sit there, you bullshit, you play with a fucking madman. You have all the they money. They double down every goddamn time. You have all the money or no money yeah. in five minutes. Or yeah. somebody, or even worse, somebody who has just learned how to play. Yeah. And has been given a whole bunch of money. And that's who we're playing poker with. Somebody who has literally just learned how to play poker five minutes ago, has unlimited funds, and is just going crazy. I think we're playing poker with someone who um, not only is crazy, but uh, he has the the Sudoku card <laughs> and the instructions card, and no one could tell him that that's not that's a joker. not the game that we're playing. But that's not a joker. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't have five of a kind. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, that's not a thing. So I mean, so to get back to like what this really is about is who can at least be reasoned with, who will even if it's going through the motions. Mm-hmm. That you can move the needle because it's, a, it's what, a difference between being disappointed and horrified. Exactly, <laughs> and and I mean, and it's yes, we'll agree. All three of us sitting here will agree that that's a fucked up place to be, but that's where we are. Like we're talking about the difference between, like you just said, being disappointed versus being horrified slash terrified. There is a ninety percent chance that the that the Biden Harris administration will be disappointed. <laughs> yes. 90% chance. I, yeah. yeah. It's pretty. There's but, only a 10% chance that they have a, <laughs> a, a, a come to BLS, uh, a yeah. BLM Jesus moment. Yeah. That they have a come to BLM Jesus moment and decide to actually do what we say. Yeah. We're not expecting them to usher in a golden era of America. Not going to happen. Culture. But Lyndon Baines Johnson. 
Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> it happens. It yeah. happens. Yeah. You know, a Texas Democrat, and by the way, Texas Democrat in the 60s means Confederacy Democrat. Blue Dog Democrat. Okay? So a Texas Democrat in the 70s was, um, uh, we call them the N-word, but they probably need more protection. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, yes, sometimes from the most unlikely places comes a person who can usher in a new, uh, better society. Maybe it's not Biden, but um, but it's a, it's a difference between disappointment and horror. Yeah, and the and the thing that we cannot forget. This also goes back to our previous episodes. Is is once they are once all the ballots are cast, Biden wins, Kamala's VP. Like the work doesn't end for the rest. Don't of Don't put us. your placards down. No, like now is the time that we have to hold these fuckers accountable for every fucking thing they do. We should be as vocal and as outraged for every misstep that they make as we have been for Trump. Like, but the difference being is that, as we just said, they at least will be more willing to listen to that feedback. And as the party goes further and further left, all these Pelosi, like everyone else, they have to also follow that slant. The beautiful thing about AOC and the rest of the squad is that they've already shown that but they'll fight. You can yeah. be loud and push the party further left. And they'll fight down. And the party is going further the left. We have to remember that thus far, even though this is way more centrist than either any of us here or any of our listeners are, are, are willing to go, but this is the most left of an option that we've ever had in the history of this country. Very true. We may not be going as fast as we'd like. Sure. But we are trending towards the society that we all want. What is it that uh, that uh, the march towards justice is not a straight path, but it does bend yeah. towards justice? Yes. It's yes. a slow moral arc of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're still praying for that bend. And, uh, <laughs> and let's also not forget that like the Republican Party also did it rap like their shift to the right is almost <laughs> exactly aligned to that. They just did it 15, 20 years ago. Newt Gingrich was the AOC for the right. And at the same time, just an like ugly ass AOC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I had to date one of them, it wouldn't have been Newt. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, but yeah, like when Newt. First, I don't know. Newt's, joined the house. Newt's hair, a little, little, <laughs> little bushed up. Little Are you going to do that? Hair. You got to go Lindsey Graham at least. It's cute. You can pet him on the head. <laughs> that man pays for sex every time. Every time. Oh, yeah. He's paid his wife for sex. Every <laughs> time. Like, literally. Not like, oh, baby, you can go get that. Like, he has to leave money on the counter. <laughs> for his wife. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Uh, but, yeah. So, when Newt joined the house, like, Republicans hated him. They hated that he took over C-SPAN and, like, he broadcast his, like, yeah. random Yeah, they said, right. what the fuck are you doing, yeah. bro? That's not how we do things. Yeah, and then he he forced the party left. You didn't get Rush Limbaugh until you had Newt Gingrich. You didn't get Yeah, he was like, this is a culture these. war, and they're like, yeah. we're friends, bro. <laughs> yeah. We, so, you know, we play badminton. I don't know what, I don't know, do they play squash? squash? Yeah, I don't know who what knows people play. play. We play squash and golf together. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking my shit up. Yeah. Now I can't have dinner with this guy. Yeah. So let's not, we say all that to say, 
let's not discount the power of the rogue elements that we've already voted into power in in the Democratic Party who are already pushing the and party. And we'll right. talk to you later today about progressive people that we that we want to vote in yeah. with Biden. Yes. Yes. That will keep him honest. Yes. Okay? Um and so, you know, Diane, what are your thoughts? All right. So I've been going, like I said a couple times before, I've been going back and forth on this uh, because I had my position throughout this season, and my position was always kind of like burn it all down. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but now that the apocalypse is here, I feel slightly different. <laughs> You know, I didn't mean burn that much. I thought I mean, it was gonna stop like you know, it was a it was one from me. <laughs> yeah, it was just like when when you wake up and like, you this check is your a Facebook, lot less sexy. Than see, Mad when you Max. wake up and, and you're the, the 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 least crazy person on Facebook, it's a weird fucking feeling. When you're when the apocalypse starts and your furry shoulder pads don't show up and you're like, Where is my studded cod piece? <laughs> You know, none of that is happening. It's all, we have to wear the same shit during it's, it. It's the apocalypse, but we all got fat on Seamless. <laughs> yeah. Fat paying, like, somehow $35 for, like, a sandwich. Yeah. See, the thing is, How I, does it, that work? It, it Yo, I thought in the apocalypse I'd look like Michonne, but... <laughs> <laughs> More like uh, Key and Peele's Wendell. Yeah. <laughs> it is not that. It is not that. So... Um, you know, I was thinking we I've I've gotta understand one of the one of the things that I always look at in, in like a lot of the apocalypse movies or whatever is this transition of state. And the people who die invariably are the people most resistant to that transition of state. And I think that's what's happening right now in this country is that we are in a major state of transition. So we gotta understand that we are in a race war right now. Not this upcoming race war, we're in it. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Here some crazy people. Yo, so, I mean, listen. Buckle up. Wastradamus has been right. <laughs> I said several times, pretty much on every episode, that this is going to be the last election that counts. So, you know, at that time, I was very firm on really not engaging in in, in the voter, in, 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 in voting, period. I felt completely disenfranchised. I felt completely like my vote doesn't count, especially theater. in New York. You thought it was theater. I thought it was theater. I thought the whole. In fact, I said, <laughs> I was "Like this whole thing is just theater." I mean, and it only bothered us when you said this whole thing is theater for like eighteen minutes straight. That <laughs> point, we're like, I think there might be something wrong with that. <laughs> my brain literally this is theater. exploded. This is just you guys don't you could. You don't know. This is theater. This is theater. So I realized, yeah, I realized the thing that was stressing me about it was that I was always speaking in the future tense, but now it was becoming the present. Now, mm-hmm. now I'm just like, okay, well, I've got a transition. So what I realize is that we're at war. Now, I keep talking about this war that's going to happen on November 4th, but I realize it's been happening for, happening for several months. Um, I, I used to teach photography I have a lot of students that are on the ground that are um, photographing a lot of these protests. They're not getting reported in the news, um, but I have people on the ground that are that are reporting them in Portland, um, in Columbus, um, in Cincinnati. So, what in thinking about being at war and thinking about pragmatism, um, 
I realize that anything more specific is simply a distraction and an exercise in semantics, not because these aren't worthy conversations, but because we are at war. And that great conversation has shifted from a philosophical conversation to a practical one. So one of the things that was frustrating about this episode was I didn't want the episode to be about why we should vote for Kamala, um, why we should vote for Biden, or why we should vote at all, because those are philosophical conversations. But I realized we need to start transitioning into more practical conversation, because one of the things that we can realize or, or we can agree on is that white supremacists have made it clear that they're going to take over our country and our idea of democracy. And they're not going to give it back. And they're yeah. not going to give it back. Yeah. They've made this point. Yes. They've made this point repeatedly. It's been very clear. Now, what the fuck are we going to do about their, it? Their exactly. end game is not a political um, power grab that lasts the next generation. Yeah, no, it's a, They know the demographics have gone very wrong for them. Yeah, They know that unless they change the nature yeah. of this, now I have to put air quotes up, democracy, <laughs> they have to take us out of democracy to remain in power. Yeah. Because as long as it's about one person, one vote, or any semblance of one person, one vote, they're out. Yeah. They, they need do- to undermine it in a fundamental way and teach us that we can't take power even by voting. Yeah. They want to do the Wilmington, North Carolina, Reconstruction Era coup. That's what this grand is. Grand scale across the country. That's Tell us a little more is. about that. Well, we talked about it before on previous episodes, so we won't like rehash it. But look it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can just touch on it. One of the biggest, the only coup on American soil, the only American coup ever, was Wilmington, North Carolina, Reconstruction era. We voted in a record number of black local legislators, and they were literally hunted down run out on a rail and run out on the rail and and those and white people went on to become senators uh vice president a cabinet members yeah, two or three exactly. cabinet members yeah. uh the power structure in not just wilmington north carolina the power structure in north carolina for three or four generations deep was all co-conspirator co-conspirators in a open Daylight coup. Coup. Against the will of the people. Against democracy. And for reasons like this, it was really hard for me to come on this show and tell disenfranchised black, queer, immigrant voters, hey, you should go out and vote when your vote has routinely been disenfranchised for every election up until now. Yeah, we're not insulting your intelligence. Yeah. This ain't yeah. no panacea. No, not This ain't a, no magic bullet. Yeah, um, we're, this isn't... Uh, and, and I and I have to field a lot of questions on Facebook and people who, who reach out, they're like, why are you sitting there trying to use the master's tools to dis, uh, to dismantle his house? But then there's this one little tiny thing that... Because his house is shit-resistant at this point. We've been throwing <laughs> our shit for about 100 years. At this point, maybe we should use a different set of tools. Or also, we built the shit. We know how to fucking take it down. And the thing that kept coming up over and over is... He convinces us to run it. They would not be trying to steal our vote if it didn't didn't fucking matter. And I'm telling you... Say that again. They would not be trying to steal our vote if it did not matter. Say that again. (laughs) They would not be trying to steal our vote if it didn't matter. It is really hard 
to steal an election in a fucking country that has 50 states. I can't even get a dinner party together of 20 <laughs> friends. I can You ever try to plan an orgy? No. You'll <laughs> you'll see There's a lot of logistics. <laughs> there's a lot of logistics yeah. involved. You know, people so, some people are allergic to Astroglide, some people are, you know, you got to have <laughs> You got to have the right amount of queer people. So you got to have lambskin. Did you think about the lambskin, th- lambskin condom? You didn't think about the lambskin <laughs> yeah. condom. So 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 when we start thinking about conspiracy theories, the thing that's been annoying the fuck out of me about conspiracy theories is that people are looking at conspiracy theories and ignoring the shit that's happening right in front of them. Yeah. So I'll tell you this as far as what's happening right in front of you. The way that elections are stolen are not by stealing the whole thing. It's about stealing them in key places that have been gerrymandered to until the vote is is stealing a vote isn't isn't just as simple as, as as flipping a switch it happens 2 to 4 years beforehand it is an entire process of sure. disenfranchisement mm-hmm. oh, i'm telling 10 years. you this 10 yeah. years with the census i'm telling you this is a former poll worker as for, uh, a former campaigner for obama somebody who's lived in new york state and somebody who's lived in ohio where i had to register to vote 3 times to make sure that my vote counted wow yeah i mean yeah <laughs> And I'm also saying it as an immigrant, somebody whose parents fought for their right to vote, worked really hard in order to 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 cast a ballot as an American citizen. Yeah. If if you and, if you listen to any of the debate, that was intelligible, really. Because it was a it was a lot of interrupting. Yeah. But if you listen to any of the debate, it the main point to take away from it was Donald Trump does not support democracy. Yeah. No, Donald Trump doesn't think your vote is sacred. Yeah. Which Donald is why Trump he to- does not want you to vote. And and one of so one of my frustrations in the terminology around being disenfranchised as a mm-hmm. voter is that disenfranchise disenfranchisement actually historically has always been more about intimidation. Yep. And stopping us from showing up at the polls, killing us when we go to the polls, killing the people who try to register us to go to the polls. And right now, killing our spirit. Our vote (laughs) has never, like the thing, our vote has always counted when we actually get to vote. It's not about our votes don't count. Jesse Jackson won Michigan. Come on, you can do it. Our votes count when we show up to vote. What the real disenfranchisement in has been intimidating us. To not vote, convince and then it, to not even try, and and then it went to convincing us to not to try, and and spreading the apathy mm-hmm. apathy to us. We it's never been about when you show up at the poll, your vote fucking counts. They just changed the message before when they could openly intimidate us and lynch us and lynch the people who came down to help us. You could register. vote, but it's going to be your ass exactly. And then it shifted. Oh, we can't like openly kill them. So like, let's just make them think that that vote doesn't count. But our vote has always fucking counted, which is why, to Diane's point, they've always tried to stop us from doing it. So our disenfranchisement now is as much in our heads as it is anything else. Yes, gerrymandering's fucked up. Yes, the electoral college is fucked up. But if all of the people... Yes, the DNC's fucked up. And yes, the DNC is (laughs) fucked up. But if all of the people who are eligible to vote actually showed up and voted, that would fucking still make a difference. And the biggest thing that screws us all over is that we don't only 60%. And that's just of registered voters. Only 60% of registered voters. Yeah. 
Only sixty percent on, on Obama 08, not yeah. sixteen. Yeah. So okay, so, we get we get more like fifty. Yeah. So uh, on a, on a regular. So list. imagine if every person over eighteen in this country actually showed up to the polls and voted, and and made their voice heard. Like our we're being we're allowing ourselves to be disenfranchised because we're allowing the narrative. To create apathy in us, but hey, hey, we did say we weren't going to voter shame people. No, I'm not. So it's, it's no, not about, no, but yeah. we, but we're. we're I don't want to get we're voter close. encouraging. I'm we're voter empowering. Well, here, <laughs> yeah. so, so one of the things we're that, disabusing you of some ideas. Yeah. yeah, and and so one of the the ways we wanted to frame this this conversation was to each individually talk about why who we're voting for. Why we're well, before voting. that? Let, let's let's do a PSA now that we've got your attention. <laughs> now that we've got you riled up. Now that we've got you questioning your sit on the side reasoning. Okay. Now that we've got you uh, empowered to know that as a progressive, you can vote for Biden and still be a progressive if that's where you were. By the way, if you're feeling like you're too woke and too left to vote for Biden, Angela fucking Davis said she's voting for Biden. So I don't know anybody personally that's to the left of Angela Davis. Angela Davis has a fist for you. Has better fucking credentials as an activist and a fucking freedom fighter. So check yourself if you think that that's how you're going to Well, the other thing, too, is, like we said, disenfranchisement came a lot in the form of intimidation. It's not that I'm voting because... I'm voting because my vote has been disenfranchised, yeah, and I'm trying exactly. to make make it make it actually count. Exactly, and and have this conversation be a conversation about strategy and about how we're going to win this thing. Exactly, and I think and one and one of the the my process um, as far as deciding what I'm going to do as a concerned citizen was a practical one. If we want all the other shit to happen, we want shit to burn down, there's a way that these things go. And one of them is not giving this motherfucker a mandate. Exactly. Yeah. Because of all the... Because think about it this it's way. saying no to the white supremacy. Yeah. Of all the... Which apparently he can't, can't do <laughs> when asked point blank, do you... <laughs> do you condemn white supremacy? What do you mean by white supremacy? <laughs> <laughs> well, because... If you have people, if you have more people that are going to the polls, you have more people that are directly affected by their vote not being counted. That means that there's more people that are available to go protest. And we know what those protests turn into. Those protests, if they don't go right, they turn into fucking riots. So right now, this is how we build our army at the ballot box. And the way that we build our army is by having people that are invested emotionally. We have to fight that apathy and that act of voting, whether it counts or doesn't. Because, listen, I'm in New York. New York always goes blue. For all intents and purposes, my vote doesn't count. But that physical act of going to the polls, of engaging in this democracy, when that shit does not go my way, I will be doubly pissed. And mind you, listen, white supremacists, they are bullies. Mm -hmm. They are people who aren't right at home and who need to take that aggression out on other people who don't have shit to do in their lives, feel this resentment and want to take it out on someone that they think that they could beat up on. Okay? And what you got to do to a bully is punch him in the face. And there's no better punch in the face to the people that Donald Trump said to stand down, but get ready. Get ready to intimidate us. Get ready to fuck with us before, during, and 
after voting, okay? So what do you do to a bully? You stand up to them and you punch them in the fucking face. And that's what we'll do to the Proud Boys and all of these other fucking assholes if we go to the polls and show them that we're not cowed. Yeah, because, again, they were all quiet as fuck up until Trump became president. Yeah. Like, there, like, the Tea Party was the biggest, like, kind of canary in the coal mine. And that was a <laughs> direct response to Obama becoming elected. But yeah. all of these people knew that they should shut the fuck up and stay on the fringes of society mm-hmm. until Trump came to power. And, and only say this shit around him. other yeah. white people in, in three-pointed hats. Yeah. And and to the other point, I, I just want to touch on what you were saying about, you know, New York is always blue. Mm-hmm. New York is always blue because the blue people fucking show up. Yeah. Like, because outside of actual New York City, most of New York State is red just like every other state. Like, yeah. every state is some blue core large cities mm-hmm. surrounded by a bunch of fucking red small rural areas. And we can't forget that because that's part of the apathy part. Mm-hmm. Is if you stay home because you just think, oh, my neighbors are going to pick up the slack. Yeah. Like, New York could easily go red if everyone in New York decided. And that could happen. I mean, a lot of the gentrifiers left. Cuomo's only a decent governor because we keep calling him on his shit. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we got to do in this next administration. So I'm going to spit the least interesting bars (laughs) <laughs> that you've ever heard on this podcast right now, but it may be the most consequential. Just to be clear, election day is Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. Okay? You're probably going to hear this about three, three and a half weeks uh, before that. Uh, so, no Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. In Arizona, the deadline to register online to vote uh, is... Basically passed once you heard this, unless we turn this around. It's uh, October 5th. Uh, the deadline for registering to mail-in vote is October 5th also. The deadline to uh, register in person to vote is October 5th. The deadline to request a ballot by mail uh, must be received by Friday, October 23rd, 2020. Okay, you still got time for that. Early voting period. Runs from October 7th, just about when you hear this, to October 30th. People, you've got three weeks to vote early. Go ahead and do that. That's the best way that you keep um, people out of harm's way, yourself and poll workers out of harm's way. From October 7th to October 30th, go early vote in Arizona. You've been doing it. Keep doing it. Nevada, okay, the, uh, the deadline to register for online voting is October 29th. You got time. The deadline for registering for mail-in vote is October 6th. That might have just passed or it might be today. Deadline to register for in-person voting, Tuesday, October 6th. Deadline to request a ballot by mail is October 20th. You got time for that. If that's what you need to do, go ahead and do that. The early voting period runs from Saturday, October 17th to Friday, October 30th. You got two weeks to do that. Please take the pressure off the the uh, voting day system and go ahead and go in and early. It's more convenient for you and it's more safe and better for our democracy. We can go to bed earlier if you all go ahead and vote early. Okay, Texas. Why are we talking about Texas? Because it's a fucking toss-up state. 
<laughs> we might be able to win that shit. If we win Texas, there's no way, there's no way Donald Trump wins a second term. So Texas, go out and vote. The deadline for registering the mail-in vote is October 5th. That might have just passed. Deadline to register in person is the 5th also. Deadline to request a ballot by mail is October 23rd. You probably got a week or two to go ahead and do that. Early voting period runs from October 13th to October 30th. You got two weeks to go do that. You've heard me explain why that's important. Go do that, Texas. Minnesota. Online To register to online vote. Online vote. You can vote naked in your fucking living room. Okay? The deadline to register to do that is October 13th. You probably got a week to go ahead and do that. You can switch back to your Pornhub tab right after. You, in fact, keep it open. Just yes. minimize the screens. If you got a two-screen setup, you can vote while looking at titties. Okay? The deadline for registering uh, to vote to mail is the 13th, same date. You probably got a week to do that. The deadline to register to in-person vote is November 3rd, Election Day. You can register same day to vote. Hey, Minnesota. You think, you probably think, oh, shit, I should have registered to vote. You can still do it, okay? The deadline to request a ballot by mail is November 2nd, the day before. If some shit happens and you got to be away from your polling place or you're in college or you're on a trip or whatever, you can, up until the day before, request a, uh, a ballot by mail. Early voting is from, it started on September 18th, it runs to November 2nd, okay? There is no excuse not to have a serious motherfucking turnout in Minnesota. Iowa, the deadline to online vote is 5 p.m. on Saturday, October 24th, okay? So you got plenty of time to go ahead and register online, do your porn voting, uh, and then make a costume <laughs> for the 31st, okay? So de- uh, the deadline to register by mail is the 24th also, all of these deadlines are the 24th. The deadline to register to vote in person is the 24th. About two weeks before the election, you can register. It is not too late in Iowa to register to vote. Okay? Early voting runs from October 5th, uh, just about when you might hear this, uh, to November 2nd. Please go ahead and go do that. Okay? Uh, you can register to vote absentee ballot from the 24th through the 2nd also. In Missouri... The deadline to register uh, to vote is October 7th. Probably when you hear this, you might have a day or a few hours to go ahead and go do that. Go ahead and go do that. The deadline to register uh, by mail in Wisconsin is October 14th. You got a week for that. The deadline to register online and do your porn voting in Wisconsin is October 14th. The deadline to register in person is uh, to fr- uh, uh, for for voting is October 30th, the day before Halloween. Go register uh, for in-person voting. Okay. The deadline to request a ballot by mail is the 29th, the day before that. The early po- voting period is from the tw- from the 17th, from about two three weeks ago to November 1st. Go ahead and vote uh, early in Wisconsin. Go Badgers. Uh, Michigan. The deadline to register online to, uh, for online voting, porn, or, you know, better home and gardens. I don't know what you guys look at online. Um, betches. Maybe you do betches or, or, you know, the root. Whatever it is that you do online, you can vote and do that. Uh, on October 19th, 2020, that's the deadline for, uh, so that probably, that definitely passed. The deadline for registering by mail uh, was 19th. 
the deadline to register for in-per- for in-person voting in Michigan. You can register day of for in-person voting. Okay. The deadline to request a ballot by mail is October 30th. Okay. So go ahead and do that. Oh, wait. I was saying that you couldn't do these other things. October 19th is good. I thought it was September. So you can register online by the 19th. You can register for mail on the 19th uh, of this month coming up in Michigan. Uh, early voting period runs from the 21st of September to November 2nd. Go ahead and early vote. Ohio. Okay. Mm-hmm. The uh, what is it? What is Ohio? The flight state or some bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> I think you ain't the flight state. It's North Carolina. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, we had a lot of astronauts from first. Ohio. Yeah. Is that is was it astronauts? I think it's you astronauts. really have nothing else. <laughs> they are grasping at straws. We Listen. have Cedar Cedar Point. Cedar Point is dope. Cedar Point is dope. It's like that's Listen, the best. We can all agree coasters. Cedar Point is dope. Yes. Okay. Got Cedar Point. So it's not Class Action Park. All of us who agree, yeah, Class Action Park. All of us who agree that Cedar Point is dope, you can vote. Uh, you can register online by the 5th. This, this might have passed you. This might not have gotten to you in time. Uh, that's the same date for mail-in and uh, same date for in-person. Uh, however, the deadline to request a mail-in is the 31st, and early voting is from right about when you hear my voice, October 6th to November 2nd. So uh, you might be out of luck if you haven't registered to vote, but if you have registered to vote, there's tons of ways to do it, Ohio. Um, and you know you make a difference. So go ahead and vote. Um, do what Chappelle wants you to do and vote for Biden. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Uh, you might be seeing me and uh, Diane. Yeah, we might be getting the band back we together. We might be GOTVing you. We might yeah. be trying to get out your vote. You might get a call from us so, if you're in um, Pennsylvania. what you need to know is that uh, the online voting, you have it, and the deadline to register to vote online is October 19th. The deadline for registering uh, for mail-in is the same day. The deadline to register for in-person is the same day. So by the time you hear this podcast, you probably have two weeks to go ahead and go do that. You still count in Pennsylvania. Do something in these next two weeks other than, uh, you know, uh, yelling at people on on Twitter about wet-ass pussy. Uh, the deadline to request a ballot by mail is October 27th. So, uh, New Hampshire, uh, you're probably going to do the right thing anyway, but in case, in case, just make sure. I mean, they have a Republican representative. So yeah, I mean, you, you got sometimes a squirrely. So, hey, listen, keep these weird white people from making your state the one red little fucking triangle <laughs> in our nice blue blob that is the Northeast. Okay, so the uh, you can register to vote on election day. Okay, so That's if you crazy. live in that weird resort in New Hampshire, is that the one? And is it Vermont or New Hampshire? First know. people to vote, they vote at like midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the deadline to request a ballot by mail is November second. That passed probably. Uh, they do not offer online registering, but hey, you can register to vote on election day. Let's do this, New Hampshire, North Carolina. You are in play. You might make a difference. And listen, just like I said about some of these other states, Texas, you you might think it's it's a red state. It's not anymore. North Carolina's been blue for it's a minute. It's been blue before. You know that if you win, it's a short night. Mm-hmm. If you turn North Carolina blue, it's a short night because there is very few mathematical equations for Trump that don't include you. 
You win and you stop this all, okay? Mm -hmm. So the deadline to register for online voting is October 9th. We'll make a promise to you. We release this podcast before your deadline is up, okay? <laughs> this, will, this will be out by October 9th. So if you hear our voice, you can still register uh, online for online voting. I'm, I'm breaking my own COVID protocols to record <laughs> in person so that we can get this turned around. By the way, he's in the studio. He's in the studio, everyone. Yay. He's in the studio. So online, October is October 9th. The deadline for registering for mail is the 9th. The deadline for registering for in purpose uh, for in person is the 9th. Okay? Uh, and you can vote in person on one-stop sites during the early voting period, which runs from October 15th to, um, to Halloween morning. Trick-or-treat. Mm -hmm. Trick-or-treat. Go vote. Okay? Trick-or-treat. <laughs> go vote. And go so, night-night. Go night-night. Night-night. <laughs> night-night. All right. Uh, so Florida, last one in our in in uh, in Florida. The, don't let us down. You let us down in all the, the DA time. in the DA. Uh, uh, you know, uh, toss-up states is Florida. Listen, for once in your goddamn listen, life, come through for us, Florida. Listen, everybody makes fun of you. Everybody, step said, up just once, just one time, just once, come Every, through. Don't you want to hear? Uh, the day after the election, Florida man steps up and votes. Yes, yes. Against, as, a, as a former Florida against resident. white supremacy. Yeah, steps up and votes against fascism. Okay, that's the Florida man. Don't you want to be the hero? We Florida? know that Florida man and that Florida woman exists. And then after election day, you can go back to riding manatees <laughs> exactly and eating people's faces. Okay. Yes. So just the, give us one night of sanity, one, Florida. One, night, you can have all the night. alligator deaths you want. <laughs> so if you're if you're hearing our voice, uh, you probably can't register for uh, mail or online uh, or in person just yet. But the deadline to request a, a, a ballot by mail, in case you know you're going to be uh, not around, is October 24th, and the early voting period runs from the 24th to the 31st. Okay, you got a week. You got a week. You know that your state's polls are going to be a motherfucking shit show. Yes. You know DeSantis and uh, you know and all that machinery is going to try to keep you on a four-hour line. Guess what? Do the two-hour line during that week, and don't do the four-hour. Comfortable shoes. Don't do the four-hour line, but please stay on that line and please go ahead please. and vote and listen. The more people that get it together and vote from the 24th to the 31st. You don't have to stay up late on November 3rd. That's, mm -hmm. what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to do that, and you let us all go to bed, okay? Use you let us go to bed days. knowing that this motherfucker isn't going to literally set this place on fire for the next four years, okay? So that those are... You might set the place on fire regardless, but so, at the very least. Sorry, that was annoying for everybody. You could fast forward if I wasn't talking about your mm -hmm. fucked up state, okay? <laughs> you could fast forward. I don't care. It's like Leviticus in the Bible when you're just like reading Son of Adam, Son of... Yeah, begat, like, begat, yeah, begat, yeah, begat, exactly. begat. Okay, we did well, it. We had to do it. We did now it. We got back. through it. It was very important. <laughs> you feel better for it, right? Okay, good. So now um, we're going to talk about our pet uh, campaigns. I'll start off uh, with one. Now, listen, I mean, my list 
of campaigns that I like are not just people that can win uh, and people that can take people out. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to talk about McGrath taking out McConnell, which you know may or may not happen, but yeah. McGrath is basically a Republican who's not named McConnell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I know a lot of you progressives won't feel good about making that your pet campaign, yes. whether you're in Kentucky or not. So I want to talk to you. My list is people that you can feel good at, good about giving them a few bucks, uh, you know, um, volunteering. If you're out of state, volunteering a phone bank from the day you hear my voice to election day, phone banking and making sure that people know where their polling places are, that you can get out the vote. Get out the vote is super important. You phone bank. If you got uh, some change to give, four, five, six, 10, 20, you know, 100 bucks, these campaigns need it because they're burning through it like crazy and it's hard to get around Trump's 24-hour news cycle. And so they need these ads to get their name out so old people recognize their names when they go and make votes. I mean, that's what it's about. So uh, the first one I'll talk about is uh, Cal Cunningham in North Carolina. Um, you know, North Carolina can turn. And we talked about Wilmington, right? Yeah. North Carolina is about when democracy went and died yeah. uh, and lost 1-0 to white supremacy. North Carolina used to be considered a progressive southern state. And it can be again. And it can be again. And Cal Cunningham is a step in that direction. It's my home state, by the way. I have a, a lot of, like, personal connection to this shit. And so Cal Cunningham wants to improve access and bring down the cost of uh, health care. Um, he wants to deal with premiums. Um, he wants to expand the Affordable Care Act. I know you think he wants to expand Medicaid. I know you think that's a half step. But in the South, that's much more than a half step. Uh, and, you know, uh, healthcare is this big thing. North Carolina needs it. The South needs it. And he is a step on the way to get us where we need to go. Uh, that's my first. Anyone else got one? I'll keep going. I mean, uh, I, I, I got a few. Um, oh, yeah, we'll yeah. go one, 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 one. Yeah, yeah so okay. I, so I would go South Carolina, Jamie Harrison. All right. Um, a, just to fucking get rid of Lindsey Graham. He's the black guy who's popping up on your Facebook feed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's also the black guy that made Lindsey Graham go on Fox News and say, I'm getting killed. I need help, which is a beautiful goddamn thing in itself. We need to keep that rolling. Yeah. Give Jamie some money. So, yes, again, as Juan said about the North Carolina race, Jamie Harrison also mostly a centrist. But for these states, a centrist is moving them far left. And this is Senate races. South Carolina was the was the uh, was the center of the uh, segregationist party. Yes, that had a senator Strom Thurmond in there since till the nineties. Yeah, and and also remember that the Senate is weightier than the House of Representatives because there's only two senators for every state. Yeah, so senator's always going to be a, a centrist, no matter what state you're in. Mm-hmm. We're in New York. We have Gilderbrand. Gilderbrand's a centrist. Yeah, but Senate also makes decisions like who fucking goes to the Supreme Court. Boom. So, the, writing this show has been really fucking hard this year because <laughs> shit changes yes. every week, and we <sighs> we plan a show out and we outline it, and we're like, okay, we're gonna do this, and then like. You we know, scrapped this show four times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every yeah. show we've done this year, we've yeah. had to like 
retool it yep. at least two to three times. Because Sometimes the rules just keep times. changing over and, and over. So just so you know, the fucking Senate matters because the Senate approves Supreme Court nominations. Down ballot yeah. needs love. So um, speaking of down ballot, um, so I haven't had anyone in particular that I've been pushing for because I've been looking more at local politics as a whole, and um, I've very my interest is in Ohio. So in Ohio, um, we need only eight seats to flip the Senate, and twelve seats needed to flip the House. So um, as far these as are the ones that do redistricting, redistricting. All yep. those kinds Fixed of things. Fixed gerrymandering. Um, providing money for uh, elections and for polling places, which we know that the heart of dirty tricks in Ohio is shutting down polling places. Yes, absolutely. Shutting down polling places. And, of course, um, since, uh, you know, Trump said Proud Boys need to stand by, yeah. um, they're going to be doing it. This is the, These are the places that the Klan lives. So... As far as um, Ohio's always traditionally been a battleground state, but things that people can do to help other than voting if you're not from a place like Ohio or Pennsylvania, places in the South, is um, one of the things that we've done in the past is go out of town to volunteer as a poll worker um, or send money. Send money to help people who are... If you have a healthy immune system, especially if you have antibodies... If you've had it before, yeah, uh, are not overweight, ha- don't have any underlying conditions, uh, it might be your time to hit that front line, like all of our first responders have, and go ahead and pull. I mean, tell us mm-hmm. about what uh, LeBron has been doing. Oh yeah, um, yes. Uh, so LeBron James has been organizing. I'm actually, I got to look for the the over ten thousand. Uh, was it over? He's 10? gotten over ten thousand poll workers in his uh, initiative that he's part of to go people for, to go work in the polls. So you're not on the line. So you're uh, not forever. on the line because the thing you can do is that if you can't be there yourself, you can send money. And what that means, as far as sending money, when we work for the Obama campaign, um, some very nice families volunteered to house us, but then they also needed to feed us three times a day. Um, you know, uh, energy transportation, drinks. energy monster drinks, and Red Bull. <laughs> lots of monster these and Red Bull. Kids lived off so, that shit. Yeah, and and we stayed there, and these, these families were feeding us, you know, all the time and housing us. Cost of electricity, so it offsets those costs. So there are real yard costs. signs, yeah, uh, door knockers, uh, campaign materials, um, you know, uh, cabs, yeah. cabs, and then when, ads. Yeah. Yeah, because you had to mobilize these people that are frequently. We were coming in from New York, and we were in Reading, Pennsylvania, with no car. We had one car, um, and um, there was. It was was your fucking old Crown Vic, right? (laughs) No, it was a Lincoln Town car that like five hundred thousand miles. The black car. (laughs) You know, we piled into my Lincoln Town car, and um, I was. I spent a lot of my time just driving around, and I remember um, election night. um, There was a major disinformation campaign. uh, the Republicans had uh, put out leaflets saying they were from the Obama administration, uh, giving people uh, the wrong, the date. wrong, yeah, the wrong voter information. Yeah. So we need people boots on the ground to help stop that. And if you can't be there physically, please donate. One of the websites I went to is called uh, SwingLeft.org, and um, it breaks down all the battleground states and all the different ways that you can help, which is either phone banking 
or donating to the cause or signing up to be a poll worker. Arizona, <laughs> Mark Kelly. You know Mark Kelly. He's the astronaut husband of Gabby Giffords mm-hmm. who was shot in the motherfucking face. Okay? Uh, and so he's a, a great dude. He served his country. Uh, he, you know, he can be taught the ropes by Gabby. Uh, he's a, an awesome dude. Um, a little bit of a centrist, again, but anytime we talk about a senator, that's what's up. But um, he supports ensuring that every Arizonan has health insurance, uh, even those are pre-existing conditions. So health care is a big thing. It's a big central issue. It's a big issue that comes up for everybody. Uh, he wants to take on the pharmaceutical industry um, to make sure that all those people who retire in Arizona don't have to pay out the ass for the things that are keeping them alive. He wants um, more... Uh, oversight on hospital costs, cracking down on uh, cracking down on the opioid producing companies. Uh, he supports the women's right to choose, which means he's not going to approve of any um, any uh, nominee who wants to uh, relitigate Roe v. Wade, uh, and he uh, knows what it's like to support. A strong, beautiful woman. Uh, he knows what it's like being uh, Mr. Gabby Giffords. Uh, so you know he respects, loves, and cherishes women. And uh, Arizona, you deserve better. And Mark Kelly is the guy. Um, for me, I don't have another specific race I want to comment on, but I do want to talk about doing your homework when you vote. Even yeah. here in New York. I've yeah. seen... What I like, I've seen the mail in ballots that we've gotten here, and we also have locally are voting on some judiciary nominees. Mm. And several of the conservative Republican nominees on our ballot mm-hmm. are actually listed in all parties, so they are mm. listed as Democrats, Republicans. I've seen that happen a bunch of times, for, and so for, for I just say, no matter what. Before you vote, if you're not sure, if it's not a name that you already know and you already like love or dislike, but you're going to hold your nose and vote for them anyway, fucking look it up. Don't even just trust like how all your ballots are available. Yeah. All your ballots are available online before you go in. So you can go ahead and have a dry run before you go in. You read it, all the ballot initiatives. Hey, listen, I mean, this is a, it's a silly thing. It's, it takes 10 minutes of Googling. And and just know who the fuck. If, even if you have to write it down on a note card, you can walk in there with that note card. Don't like there are people that are probably going to be standing in the polling place, maybe handing out things while you're waiting. Do your research before. Don't yeah. trust anybody like things that they're handing out. Just take the ten minutes, Google a name, see what their position really is, figure it the fuck out, and then write it down. And move on. But it's still like we've been about doing the work since we especially started this year. When we started getting deeper into the shit and we weren't just talking about Louis C.K. jerking off in front of women. <laughs> like this is what it's really about. It's doing your own homework and figuring it the fuck out. And that's what we want to encourage everyone to do. And so I want to, uh, before I close, give some quick shout outs uh, to some people. Um, Teresa Greenfield. Greenfield running against Joni Ernst, uh, who's a steaming pile of shit. 
So, you know, <laughs> she says Black Lives Matter. She says she wants to address racial injustice. Uh, her priorities are supporting black-owned business owners. Hey, these are things that we want. You know, we want them talking about getting, you know, getting black business owners, black businesses to thrive, get them to be a full, uh, powerful engine for the economy. Uh, that's good. It's reparative. Um, and, and it helps us. And then we get a white lady in Iowa to say it. Um, you know, that means something. Um, you know, shout out, quick shout outs to Gary Peters running in, Michi- in Michigan. Try to flip that seat. Uh, Carolyn uh, Bordeaux uh, and uh, uh, Warnick uh, in Georgia, the ones trying to uh, turn Georgia yes. a measure of blue. Big hey. shout out to Warnick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, here's some down-ballot things that you might not know about. Uh, Kara Eastman in Nebraska running in the House, and uh, you know she's doing a lot of progressive things around the family. Uh, Eugene uh, DePesquale uh, running in Pennsylvania in the House um, has these, he's like a, you know, He's like a little uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren. He's got plans for fucking everything. Yeah, he's a policy wonk in the good way. Yeah, he's 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 the wonkiest uh, of the people. We need him in the House writing legislature. Yeah, um, and that's why he's a great one uh, to get if we can get him. So yeah, Eugene De Pasquale. If you're in his district now, you know his name, and you know uh, at least you, you know at least we like him. Um, ben McAdams. In uh, Utah, running f- uh, for the House, um, he's another one. Uh, he actually has done work on DACA, um, and he's going to be one of these guys uh, moving uh, DACA forward, expanding it, solidifying it, uh, if he is able to uh, continue and uh, you know, get that House seat. Um, we need the House to go further left to pull the Senate left. Right. Exactly. Okay? And... Uh, the legislation is largely written in the House. Yeah. So if we can get progressive Dems, do your work. I, I can't I, I can't study every of the 200 House seats that are up there. These are a few uh, names that popped up um, in some of my research. But I'm sure you could find some gems in there uh, of people who maybe the polling for House seats is wildly inaccurate. So he may uh, there may be a House seat where he's, 10% down, but if you and your entire family make sure to come out for somebody uh, and then they talk to someone else about somebody, that is that 10% margin made up in a week, okay? So um, I'm pretty sure my math is completely bullshit. However, my point is a, a, a little. I mean, people win house seats by one vote. Yeah, People it's win house seats. It's always moving the needle. Yeah, they win house seats by coin tosses. And... When someone even gets close to winning, they become a rising star, uh, and then maybe they'll win city council or some other thing, and they'll be able to you know, move the needle. They'll be able to move things forward. So do your research about who's running in your house seat and see if you can be the razor, razor's edge difference uh, that can actually move this country uh, forward. So we've bent your ear. Uh, for a little long here um, no longer than usual 
Um, but, uh, and while it may not have been the most poetic episode that we've done, um, and it may not have been the funniest episode that we've done, uh, and it may not have been the most profound episode that we've done, um, what's important is we're actually now telling you about things that you can do to make a measurable difference in your country. To be about shit. To be about shit, exactly. Being about shit is about doing the shit when the shit is not fucking fun. Yeah. I feel like that would have been a better quote if you could fit another shit in there. <laughs> yeah, one more shit. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know. That will be the new binge t-shirt. <laughs> Even though I just got my binge t-shirt tonight, I, I want that shirt quote. No. <laughs> I guess so, I have to be the one to design it. And so listen, you, you've got a few bucks. You can you can spare a few bucks to make a small difference in a campaign. You've got a you've got a few minutes. You can make a difference in phone banking. Um, some of you got a few hours and a few days. You can make a difference campaigning, not just in your state, but in neighboring states, and bring a change in their community that makes it easier in your community. Okay, so if you don't have any of those things, you still have one vote. You still have one vote. Let's just not make it easy for him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, Diane, what is it that uh, that 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 uh, them not wanting you to vote? What is that? They 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 couldn't. Uh, they, if, oh, if, crap, crap, if your vote didn't matter, if your vote didn't matter, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't be trying to steal it. Yeah, right. They wouldn't be trying to take it. Right, it's valuable, it's important. Your voice, your dollar, uh, and getting your ass to the polls early if you can, but day of, uh, stand on stand on that line. It's as important as you holding a placard. Vote early and vote often. <laughs> <laughs> By any means necessary. Because being about shit is uh, about putting your dollars in the right place. It's about spending your time doing the right things, and it's ultimately about speaking truth to power. And there's no more sacred way to do it than with your vote. So please, this month, go be about shit. And on November 3rd, make this country about shit.